Okay, Mark, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, I'm excited about this one. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah. I'm glad to be here this morning. All right, so let's talk about futsal. Yes. Why is it the best sport? Why is it the best sport? Uh, yeah, because it, it, to me, I love it. It's mo I think it's, don't tell anybody, I think it's more fun than soccer. But that's probably because it's more. It's just more action-packed, right? It is. It's a faster game. You, you see a higher level of technical skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's a faster game on a smaller court, yeah. there's a little bit more of a physical aspect to the game. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah, there could be some exciting saves plus exciting goals that are scored. Yeah. I also think it's a, it's a better technical foundation for our youth mm -hmm. to develop the skills they need to be better outdoor players. Yeah. How'd you get into it? Um, kind of by accident. Yeah. You know, I... I, I followed the traditional goalkeeper path. Sure. I was a goalkeeper for my college team. Mm -hmm. And then I went indoors with the Milwaukee Wave right. after college. I spent a few years with the Wave before I realized that I was already at the level I was ever going to be. And it wasn't yeah. going to be good enough to crack the starting lineup. Right. So I stepped away. I got into corporate America working. Uh, but I stayed close to the game, yeah. especially the indoor game. I was coaching outdoors, you know, Division Two, Division One programs. But then a few years after I stopped playing, I was hired by the Milwaukee Wave as their goalkeeper coach. Okay. So I went back indoors, and the first year, the first season they hired me, we won a championship. Nice. And I like to say it's because it's I helped them sort out their goalkeeper. 100, 100%. 100%. Yes. That was... Primarily, the reason they hired me is because they were having difficulties between their two goalkeepers. Right. And uh, so I helped to get that all organized. And the 10 years I was with them, we won three championships. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But that led me into futsal because Keith Tozer, who is the head coach of the Milwaukee Wave at the time. Right. He was also the head coach of the U.S. men's futsal national team. Right. And in 2008, he hired me as his goalkeeper coach. Yeah. They had never had a goalkeeper coach before. And uh, we went through uh, CONCACAF qualifying in 2008. We qualified for the World Cup so yeah. here. I got hired in March, and in you know, July, I'm off to Brazil for a World Cup. So your first year, you're winning championships. First year, you're qualifying for World Cups. Yes. I, I mean, listen, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> you know, but, part of it is that... I believe that when when players don't feel like they go as far in their playing career, it helps to make them better coaches. Yeah. Because they still have a lot to accomplish. Sure, sure. And someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, you've been coaching for a long time, you're going to retire. And I said, no, because I'm not done learning yet. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's true. I mean, it it, is it's, true. it's a process, right? You should never really be, stop learning, though, right? Like even, even even somebody like Randy Waldrum, who's my head coach, who's won national championships, he's coaching. At, I mean, the guy never stops learning. Like he's always still trying to improve his game exactly. and what he's trying to do. And for me, that I mean, it's an awesome. Well, that's what separates, right? Because the game is constantly evolving. Yeah. And if if coaches don't evolve with the game, they get left behind, and they're teaching old concepts. Yeah. So that's where I just continue to, to educate myself. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to coach at very high levels in outdoor, yeah. indoor, and in futsal. Mm -hmm. And from a goalkeeping perspective, I, in, in the recent year, I've stopped separating my training between the three. 
And now instead of saying this is futsal training, this is yes. indoor training, this is outdoor training, I talk about spatial training. I talk about small space training, which applies in futsal, indoor, and yeah. outdoor. And in small space training, that's where I really incorporate the futsal blocking and yeah. split safe techniques. Because they belong in the outdoor game. Sure. Martinez showed us in the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah. Huge save. But if you think earlier in the game, Lloris came out in an old traditional wide barrier, yeah. trying to get hands to the ball, and Di Maria just went right over the top of him. Right, right. So there, that was the old versus the new, and then you saw the effects of both of them in play. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Spatial training, huh? Is that, so how does that work in the outdoor game? So in the outdoor game, when when I'm dealing in small spaces, like yeah. within the six or sure. a short distance, okay. a lot of it now I'm teaching them the blocking techniques. Because yeah. the, the key is that, as you know, as a goalkeeper, it's, it's not usually the first ball. It's the second ball that ends right. up in the net. So I not only emphasize body shape and blocking techniques, right. but also the recovery component of that. Right. Because the old way, when you'd go out in a wide barrier on your side, hands of the ball, if you didn't get the ball, you are out of the play. Yeah. There's no, there's no easy recovery from that. Whereas when you go into a block save, which some people call a K save, right. or a split save, because all of your weight is still over your hips, mm -hmm. you're able to pop right back up yeah. for the second ball. Yeah, fo futsal, it's, it's notorious for just making the save, right? You're not too worried about catching the ball. It's not about catching, it's, it's about blocking. Yeah. And that's where I talk my goalkeepers out of their gloves. Yeah, yeah, Because I'll ask them, you know, why did they invent gloves? And a lot of them think, well, to protect my hands. And it's like, no, they, they invented the gloves for better grip in outdoor because you're playing in the rain, you're playing yeah. in the snow, you're playing in the dirt. They said, well, you don't play in the rain or the snow right. or the dirt in futsal. Well, my Plus, it's easier to, to throw it. I mean, that's, that's my favorite. And, and that's the point I make is that yesterday I did a futsal goalkeeper session. All seven of the goalkeepers that came in had gloves on. Yeah. And I said, pick up the futsal ball. And none of them could pick the ball up with their gloves on. Right. Because their gloves were just beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, take your gloves off. And I said, now pick up the ball. And with no problem, they just picked it right off. Yeah. And so I made the emphasis to the, the audience. I said, you know, in futsal, Gloves aren't necessary because we spend less time catching and more time blocking. Yeah. But where we really need to have a good feel on the ball is when we're distributing the ball. Yeah. Because you have to be accurate. And you cannot be as accurate with a big, oversized, non-functional glove. Right. I'll tell you, Mark, that was my favorite thing. Just throwing the ball. Yes. I put it on it. If there was one thing I was good at, it's throwing the ball. And it was my favorite thing to do. Well, and if you're not accurate with your throwing in, in futsal, your team is defending you. Right, right. Let's go back to space training. I lost my train of thought. What does um, what, what uh, futsal goalkeeper session look like? So my like, training sessions, it depends on what level I'm working at. Yeah. So when I'm with U.S. Youth Futsal, um, I'm working with players who are between the ages of 10 and 18. Right. And even the, at those different levels, the, at the younger levels, it's more of a technical focus because they're still learning the concepts and the techniques. Does a set shape look the same in futsal that it does outdoor? No, it doesn't. No. If you think about the outdoor game in a goalkeeping perspective, it's all about your hands, right. where your hands are. Right. And I showed that yesterday during my demonstration. I said, okay, you're an outdoor goalkeeper. Show me your set position. Yeah. And 
some of it was the same, but her hands were low. Yeah. Next to her hips, because she's thinking, if I have to make a low save, I have to go with my hands. Yeah. But in futsal, anything below the hips, it's all about your feet, mm. and either blocking or you know, split save kick right, saves. Right. And so I bring the hands up and out. So okay. instead of the hands being next to the body, I bring yeah. the hands out in front of the body so that they're already in a position to attack the ball. Right. But it also, and I break things all down to the body mechanics, the details. Sure. I want the hands out because it brings the elbows out from being at your sides. Right. Because if I have to take my left hand across my body to make a right side save, if my elbow is behind my body, I have to come out and across, yeah. which takes longer than if my elbows are in front of having a clear path to bring that hand across. Right. And those fractions of a second can they make a difference. Yeah. So going, going back to the technical part of the training session, like what, what's a basic foundational technique of futsal goalkeeping? Because I, I like I played. I've never learned. Like I've never been in a goalkeeper session necessarily sure. in futsal. So it's like when I think technique outdoor, I'm thinking, okay, do they have good body shape, good set position, fundamentally clean catching the ball? But obviously, well, there it's it is different. right there. It's the so uh, some of those components are the same. I always tell the kids that you have to you have to have your nose over your toes. Yeah. And that's easy to remember because when you put your nose over your toes, your shoulders are forward, your right. heels are up, right. and you're in a more of a, of a ready position or attack position. I said, once your heels go down and your shoulders go back, yeah. now you're fading away from the shot. Yeah. But in futsal, the, the one thing I emphasize is they... The goalkeepers, the young goalkeepers want to use their hands for everything. Right. And even when I have them go into a blocking position, they still want to bring their hands down to where the ball is going to be. Right, right. And I talk about the four points of the goal and how a, a proper blocking position, your lower body is in a position where you are covering the two low corners. Yeah. And if your hands up and out are now covering the two upper, where if you bring your hands down in front of you, you're giving up the spaces over your shoulders. Right, right. That's interesting. There's, there's still some similarities I think you can get, but I mean, it it's... Um, so there's no like progressions or anything like in a like could you could you walk us through like, sure. like what's a warm up look like what's the next progression what's the following progression like how, like how does that look when I'm training my and it's not just the youth it's any of my futsal goalkeepers uh, we start with a dynamic warm up yeah and then we go into a passing we start okay. with the uh, feet first right. yeah of course so yeah. we're doing one touch passing. Two touch passing, but a lot of it is receiving with the sole of the yeah, foot. Yeah, because they need to be able to to since you only have four seconds of possession. Yeah, you have to be able to receive with the sole of your foot so that you have control of the ball and can lift your head up and see what your next or where you're where you're going to go with the ball. So I'll work on that to start, and then I'll start engaging the hands just like I would do outdoor with some you know d driven balls directly into the hands, um, and a lot of that is just stationary. But then as I get into my sessions, we'll start working the lateral movement in front of the goal. Yeah. Um, if the, the younger they are, the more technical adjustments I'm doing, because outdoor is a lot of crossover. Right, right. Because you're covering a, a lot of space. 
where indoors you don't cross your feet. Right. It's shuffling. Because mm -hmm. typically Tight, it's shorter space. Yeah. It's it's two steps and you're from post to post. Right, right. And you can't because of the speed of play, you can't afford to cross your feet. Yeah. So that is part of the incorporation of moving laterally in front of the goal. And then from there working through some of the technical components of you know block saves, crouch saves, split saves. Now I move from lateral to directional movements. Well, now they're attacking the ball to go into a block save or a split save. So there's a progression that's involved. Um, and a lot of repetition because you, when you come into outdoors, they're so trained that they, everything is just a subconscious reaction. They don't have to think about it. They know that it, when a certain shot with pace, if it's on the ground, off the ground, they just immediately know what they need to do to make the save. Right. Where in futsal, coming into the game, if you're not familiar, it's it's more of a conscious thought. You're thinking, okay, what do I need to do with my hands, my feet? Yeah. And so I do a lot of repetitive training to get them to move from that conscious thought into the yeah. subconscious reaction. So now they're just, they just know naturally what to do. But it's difficult because I have to train out the use of their hands for everything yeah. and train in the use of their body for most of the same. Are you able to, like outdoor, you can almost, in a session before a match, you can prep your goalkeepers for what attacking tendencies of a certain team might be. Is it the same for futsal? Because I know I know like a lot of the movements are scripted, but it's a lot of it's a lot more free flowing. Is it it is. It is because at times I'll I'll when I'm working with a large group of goalkeepers, I'll say, okay, how many are left? Foot? And I'll have ten goalkeepers, and at times there may not be anyone that raises their hand or one person that raises their hand. I say, well, the, the odds are that all the players you're going to play against are most likely going to be right-sided players. Yeah. So they're going to have tendencies not to come across their body to their weaker left foot. Yeah. They are going to attack you on their right foot, and which means they are going to continue to go right. If, yeah. And so I train that with their with the blocking techniques of going down in the proper position to if they don't shoot, you're facing the right direction for a right-footed player who is going to then continue to go to their right. Yeah. So I break it down into that okay. level of detail mm -hmm. when I'm working with it. I do balance training, though. Even yeah. though, yes, majority are right-footed, as right. you get older, they become two-footed players. Yeah. They can go left or right. So I have to balance the way I train to both their left and their right sides. Also, trying to stop a toe ball, too, is it's a lot different than trying to stop a shot because those things come at you. I mean, isn't that the way like the, you're supposed to teach like how the attackers learn to That's shoot? That's how I warm up my keepers. Toe balls, four games, toe balls. Even my it's wild. It's wild. It, the the old traditional coach would always say, "Don't kick with your toe." Right, right. But if you think about it from a goalkeeping, I can tell when someone's winding up to hit a shot with their instep. Right, right. I can see the body and the way it changes. Uh, yeah. Toe pokes are in stride. Yeah. There's no wind up. Uh, so you don't have the, that reaction time. I wish and it's wicked. Yeah, I, w I wish more people used it outdoors. Because yes. when like the few people who are crafty enough to do it that I've seen do it outdoor, I mean, it, nobody sees it coming. The other part of it is defenders will re read body cues. Right. So right. if I see you put your head down and Wind your up. hips are yeah. changing, mm -hmm. I know you're about to shoot. Right. But I don't get those body indications when you're going to hit a toe box. Yeah. So it, it is effective, but that leads me to 
one of the next aspects that's very difficult to train out of outdoor goalkeepers. Outdoor goalkeepers, majority of what they train is from distance, right? where they have time. When you take away the distance and you bring everything within two yards, one yard, mm -hmm. they have a flinch factor. Yeah because they're not used to it. So it's, it's that natural protection system that we have, the fight or flight, and I have to train that out of them. Yeah. Because now they have to be able to quickly move into a blocking position and hold their ground knowing that someone's gonna smash a ball into their body. <laughs> Very difficult for outdoor yeah. keepers yeah. to be brave enough. Right. So I've developed a technique to train out the flinch. Interesting. The mistake a lot of goalkeepers make is there is a progression with every single technical skill that you train. Yeah. And you start from the ground, the foundation, and you progress up to the final product. And some goalkeeper coaches skip too many steps and expect that goalkeepers they start training the keepers at the final product. Yeah. And they're not they're not physically ready for that. They're not mentally ready for that. Right. You have to go through the stages so that it's a gradual progression, and because you're going through the stages, you're going through multiple repetitions to where now they're taking the conscious thought into yeah. subconscious reaction. And with the flinch technique, just real quickly, uh, when I was coaching with the, with the futsal national team, I had a really good goalkeeper, Danny Waldman, yeah. but he had a bit of that flinch factor. Mm -hmm. And so one training session, what I did is I said, okay, I'm gonna move with the ball in my hands, you're gonna move with me, but when I stop, you just stop and you get in a set position and you don't move. Yeah. And all I started doing is just tossing the ball into his body. Yeah. And we'd move, he'd set, I'd toss the ball. See. Keep your eyes open, keep your head straight, don't turn your... And gradually I progressed to tossing it harder and harder yes. and harder. And then eventually I went to driving balls from my feet. Where I started easy right. and then gradually we went to game speed. We did that enough times to where he broke the habit of flinching. Yeah. Because some of it is just programming right. the brain of what his body feels like on the impact of the ball. Right. That's pretty cool that you just get to launch soccer balls or futsal balls at goalkeepers and goalkeeper training. That's uh, I got a I'm, I'm in the wrong sport apparently. Well, the other thing too is that I I will always warm up my goalkeeper before a game. Yeah. Because I'm I'm very conscious of the type of the type of balls they need to receive to properly warm them up. Because when field players warm up goalkeepers, they just want to lace the upper right, ninety right. and. I don't want my goalkeeper to start a match already giving up 15 or 20 goals. Yeah, just mentally. It's just not mentally. Yeah, it mentally yeah. puts him in the wrong spot. For sure, for sure. Is futsal growing in the United States? I feel like it is, but I also feel like it's kind of hitting a plateau. I don't know. It um, It is growing because there are a lot not of fast different enough. youth factions. Yeah. Um, Keith Tozer and I, we, we just returned from from Portugal last yeah. Wednesday we were in Lisbon we had 10 of our youth futsal national teams five of our boys teams five of our, our, our girls teams and one of the boys from the older group just signed a letter in Clemson oh wow so we have had some of our our youth players who have really developed fantastic futsal skills go on to have successful playing careers we had two young players several years ago that both were playing at Creighton University. Yeah. 
and they were coming up through our futsal national team program, and they were both drafted by the MLS. That's awesome. When they That's finished awesome. up at Creighton. Yeah. So it, it does have a place, not just for goalkeepers, but for field players. We have about 60,000 kids involved in U.S. youth futsal. Oh, wow. Okay. But there are other organizations that are also running futsal programs. Right. The United States is still missing the boat. Yeah. Because if you think about who the most recent world champions are in Argentina, Brazil, um, you know, Portugal getting to where they were, they all have futsal integrated into, it's accepted in all levels of soccer. Right. It, it, it's part of their youth it's development. It's part of their youth development. It's part of their total football concept. Where we're not there yet in this country. It's the missing components. Yeah. Because what futsal does for field players is it, it gives them the, the ability to solve problems in small spaces. We do not have the level of problem solvers yet. Right. Uh, Christian Pulisic is probably the closest we have. Yeah. When Christian Pulisic was 12 years old, he was training futsal. Right. With the Brazilians because Christian's dad was coaching indoor. Right. And he was coming to practice. He was practicing with the indoor team, but all the Brazilians were taking him and playing futsal with yeah. him too. So at an early age, he was training with pros, and it helped as he progressed his career. And look at him now. Well, I also think too, from a field player perspective, you have—I mean, it's it's four v four. You have all this ability. You have forty minutes to take guys on one v one all the time. I mean, yes. Imagine, imagine being able to in such a tight space, such a tight window. I mean, I. I love the game. I, I, I miss it. Um, I think it is extremely beneficial for, for all parties involved, but that's unfortunate. U.S. soccer is missing the boat. Uh, they're getting there. They're getting there. You know, they're, yeah. I think they're starting to see the the push at the youth levels. We're, we're affiliated with U.S. soccer. Right. right. So, you know, that relationship has begun. It's just getting a more wide or broadly based acceptance yeah. that it belongs in the game. Do you think... The club soccer's kind of has a strangle on the on the winter training that's holding. Could what there there's a a changing of the guard. Yeah, there's an there's an older generation that were very anti football. Don't put your foot on top of the ball. Don't toe poke. Right, right. That are now stepping out of the game, and there's a younger generation of coaches coming in who are more accepting of it. Yeah, and they're starting to incorporate it. Where some clubs during the winter months they would go and play indoors, you know, in a rink with turf and boards. Right. And I think that some kids come out worse players because there's there's not the emphasis on the technical right part of it is there is playing futsal now more and more clubs are going to futsal during the offseason yeah but just going back to to goalkeeping and if, if you notice i talked about in small spaces my training is very futsal related right futsal blocking techniques to me is one of the most important foundations of the overall goalkeeper yeah because you need to know what the most proper technique is in small spaces, again, whether it's futsal, indoor, or outdoor, because it's the recovery component. You yeah. know, as a goalkeeper, it's it's not the first ball, it's the second ball. And if you can't recover after making the first save, you lower the chance that you're going to make the second save. And so the blocking techniques, the split save technique, because you're, you're, all your weight is still over your hips, you're able to recover, and you're already right in the position you need to be in right. for that second ball. Yeah. So that's where I stop saying this is futsal, this is indoor, this is outdoor. Yeah. Now I say this is small space training. 
this is medium space training yeah. where it's kind of a hybrid. But I go yeah. back to traditional goalkeeper hands to everything where right. it's large space training. Right. That's interesting. It's a, it, it's a fun way to look at it, too. I mean, it, it makes sense. It's an easier to understand right. way. Exactly. It's also a way to for coaches to accept yeah. the futsal concepts because I'm not relating them to futsal anymore. Right. I'm just relating them to the overall game of soccer and the importance of that type of technique. Yeah. Why some coaches haven't been accepting a futsal concepts for, for goalkeepers is because, one, they don't know how to teach it. Two, they don't know how to apply it in the game, where it belongs. Right. And they're afraid of their goalkeepers making kick saves on shots from 30 yards out. Right. But if you train it properly, again, I know what I need to do as a goalkeeper in my small spaces. I know what I need to do in my medium spaces. I know what to do in my large spaces. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the more you do it, it's just the easier it becomes. So, um, last question I do have for you. Yes. What's the future of U.S. football look like? Well, hopefully, you know, it's we can start incorporating it into the outdoor yeah. game. I know that MLS is slowly starting to embrace it through some of their academy programs. They're also incorporating a futsal component. Um, but it, it really, I think it just needs to have a, a stronger presence yeah. in our total soccer concept within the country because it's going to help create our next Messi's and Ronaldo's yeah, right. and Neymar's. You know, they're not, well, yeah. their success in the outdoor game wasn't in big spaces. Their right. success came in small spaces. Sure. Sure. And that was from as, you know, from the time they could walk till they're 14 or 15 years old, right. it was purely just a, a football small sided concept. Right. It makes sense, right? Yes. If, it, if it works for other countries, it could work for us. So. Yes, yes, agreed. Uh, well, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it.